I want to read a verse, a couple of verses here from Exodus 22. It may seem a little strange, and uh, but that's all right, because um, I'm a little strange anyway. But it, it may seem a little strange at the beginning, but maybe before we're done, the Lord will help us. Exodus 22, verse number 22. The Bible says, Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. Now, Father, we are greatly in need of thee, as always is the case. But, Lord, we need your help. I pray you help us as we look in the scripture. I pray you'd help us, Lord, physically. But more importantly, I pray you'd help us spiritually. Lord, I thank you for what our hearts have already felt this week in the meeting. I thank you, Lord, for the singing. I thank you for everything that's been said and done. I pray now that you'll magnify yourself and get glory unto your name. And Lord, if you get glorified, we'll get helped. So help us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you about what the scripture says in this passage about the widow. Now, there are three that are mentioned here. We did not read verse 21. It goes along a little bit with the thought if we had started there, the scripture would say, Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. And then God will go on and speak to us about the widow and about the fatherless. I want to remind you that even though everything we read in the Old Testament is literal and what we read, what God said, the things that happened, they are literal things. They're, you know and I know that they're not made up. They are not mythical. They're not stories. Uh, but even though that is true, it is also true that everything that happened was for our admonishment and for our example and for our instruction. And so we find New Testament truth that is foreshadowed in Old Testament uh, uh, in the doctrines of the Old Testament. And so I want us to learn a lesson here and find a little something if the Lord will help us before we're done about our Lord in this passage of Scripture. But let me start with just this basically what is said here about this widow and about not afflicting the widow. I run into a lot of widows along the way. Thank God for those widows, those uh, white-haired saints, and they're praying and they're faithful in the house of God. And If you're a preacher here, you know what it's like. Have those widow ladies pray for you and call your name out. And I remember some years ago, I was out visiting with my friend John Clark and we, I've told you this story I'm sure before, but we were visiting our midweek services on Thursday and so we would visit on Wednesday and we had gone all the places we were supposed to go. And when we were done, Brother John said to me, he said, I want to take you somewhere if you don't mind, if you have time. I said, I'd be glad to go. So we drove out in the country and we drove up to this little cottage and he went up and knocked on the door and this white haired lady came to the door and when she saw him, she said, oh John, 
Swan boy. And, and uh, he said, Grandma, this is my friend, Brian McBride. It was his grandmother. And she lived out there in that cottage, a widow lady. And she said, oh, you boys come in now. We were grown men, married with children. Uh, she said, now you boys come in. And she took us in the living room, sat us down in a chair. She said, now I've got some cookies I've just baked. I'm gonna go get you some milk and cookies. And she went in there and brought us some chocolate chip cookies that she had baked. And we had milk and cookies in that house. And I'm gonna tell you something about that house. I went in that place and I don't know that I have ever felt anywhere like I felt when I went in that house. I sat down in that chair and there was the Spirit of God, just the evidence of the Spirit of God in that place. There was a peacefulness that came over me and a restfulness that came over me. And I said to Brother John, I said, tell me about your grandma. He said, well, grandpa was an old time uh, preacher, preached the gospel for years and he went home to be with the Lord and grandma's lived out here. And you wouldn't have had to say to me, you know, John's grandma's a praying woman. You wouldn't have had to say that to me. I already knew that. You wouldn't have to say to me, John's grandma walked with God. I already knew she walked with God. And I tell you, I could have stayed there a long time and it wasn't because of the cookies. It was because of that, that, just that spirit that was in that place. Now I thought how God uses widows along the way and blesses us with their presence and through their sorrow and their difficulty, they've stayed true unto the Lord. And so the Lord makes mention of them here in this passage. I want to talk to you about it a moment. I want to talk to you first of all about the commandment that we find in the passage. There is a commandment here. It, it's very, it, this, this language is familiar to me. Ye shall not. That's familiar language for us in the Old Testament. Ye shall not. And so there's first of all a scriptural prohibition. Ye shall not. Ye shall not. And the word ye tells us that this is a plural prohibition. And what he's saying there is, it doesn't matter if you're young or older in between, don't mess with one of God's widows. Doesn't matter if you're a teenager, doesn't matter if you're the pastor, doesn't matter who you are, young, old, in between, don't afflict the widow. And so there's a scriptural prohibition and then the suffering persons that are mentioned here, there's the stranger, there's the widow and there's a fatherless. Now the stranger is one who is, if you look the word up, it means one who is turned aside from the road. He is a traveler. And uh, I would call him someone who is road weary. And then the widow is someone who is, if you look the word up, it means to be desolate. She has, her husband has been taken from her. And of course the fatherless, if you look that word up, it means to be a bereaved person. Someone who's bereaved. Now I'm thinking about the widow. She is in a particular case here because you could be, you could be a stranger and could have been a stranger all of your life and had never known a home. It could be all of your life you've been wandering and never really had a home. You could be fatherless and have never known your father. But it's not that way with a widow. She has lost something that she has known and enjoyed and been dear to her. She has lost the husband who loved her, who she fellowshiped with. And so these people are suffering. And then I want you to notice the sinister practices involved. Now stay with me. I know this sounds a little bit like Sunday school, but it may get better before we're done. We'll see. The sinister practices involved. There are three words here used that you could do to these people. You could vex them. You could oppress them or you could afflict them. 
The word vexed and oppressed are used in relationship to the stranger. And the word vexed normally in our Bible involves rage or violence. And sometimes it is translated to thrust, to violently take a stranger who is in need of a habitation, in need of rest, and with violence thrust him out of the place with anger. Then the word oppress means to press or to distress, to press upon someone, to put more weight upon them than what they had. But this word afflict, it's an interesting word. I looked it up in my Strong's Concordance. It has to do with the widow and the fatherless. And it means to look down upon. It means to browbeat. It means to depress. It means to deal hardly with. It means to ravish or to weaken. It means to take advantage of a widow. In the New Testament, Jesus warned us in Matthew 23, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. So there is the commandment in our text. And then secondly, there is the cry in our text. Would you look at it? You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. Now notice a couple things here. Notice in this verse the scope of this word any. Notice what God said. If thou afflict them in any wise... What does that mean? What's the scope of it? It means they should not be afflicted in any way. They should not be afflicted at any time. They should not be afflicted for any reason. There's a broad scope here. God didn't say if you do this to him or if you do that to him. He said in any wise. I take it I better be very careful how I treat a widow lady. We'd better be very careful about it. So in any wise, the scope of it. Then notice the simple action that's mentioned here. Now watch this. If thou afflict them in any way, and watch this phrase, and they cry at all unto me. Now think about that. If they cry at all, it doesn't mention how they cry. It doesn't mention when they cry. It doesn't mention what words they say. It doesn't say they have to be eloquent. Just if they cry. I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm not careful. If they cry in any way, not how, not when, not why, doesn't mention circumstances or their, other than their condition. If they cry, there is, a, there is someone who will surely pay attention to their cry. When the widow cries out to God, God is listening. When the widow cries for whatever reason, God hears them. Can I say this to you? You may not be able to get a prayer through, but a widow can. You may not be able to get in the throne of grace, but a widow can. You say, preacher, I'm having trouble praying. Won't you find some widow? God's listening for her. He's got his ear inclined under her. That's why I'm always glad when a little white-haired widow lady will come up and say, preacher, I've been praying for you because I know God is leaning toward their way and listening to what they have to say. He said, I'll hear. 
I will hear. Listen to what he said now. He said, not only will I, he said, I will surely. I'm gonna listen to what that widow has to say. If she cries out in her affliction, God apparently has a tender place in his heart and is greatly concerned for the widow. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy when he starts talking about taking care of people, there's one that's always mentioned in there. There's the fatherless sometime, the stranger sometime, the poor, but he always brings that widow up. Make sure that widow is taken care of. Make sure when you leave the corners of your field for that widow, make sure uh, when you harvest your grain, make sure the widow's taken care of when you pick the when you pick the olives and and get the oil make sure the widow's taken care of god said i will surely hear her when they cry if you're a widow lady and you say preacher i need the lord he's listening won't you talk to him today he's listening so we have the scriptural we have the commandment we have the cry let me give you this third thing the consequence Now watch what he says in our next verse, verse 24. What will happen if we treat the widow the wrong way? And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. Now think about what he said. There is a severe response. God didn't just say, I'm going to get angry. He didn't even just say, I'm going to be wrathful. He said, my wrath shall wax hot. That's some pretty strong language right there. When I was a little boy, I used to love to watch cartoons. Did you ever watch a cartoon where the cartoon character got angry and his face turned red and smoke and fire came out of the top of his head? That's the picture I get. God said, you mess with one of those widows. He said, I'm not just going to get angry about it. I'm going to get hot over it. My wrath will wax hot. There is a severe response. But notice this. Now we're headed somewhere. Stay with me a minute. He said, and I will kill you with the sword. He didn't say, I will kill you. He said, I will kill you with the sword. What he's saying here is, I'm going to employ some folks to help me. I'm going to bring the enemy against you. It's not just going to be me that's angry with you and dealing with you. It's going to be sword, people with swords against you. Do you remember what David said when David sinned and numbered the people and the prophet came and said, now you've sinned and there's going to be judgment, but you pick. You can fall into the hands of God. You can flee before your enemies. David said, I don't want to flee before my enemies. They don't have any mercy. I'd rather fall in the hands of God. So God said, when you mess with the widow, he said, not only am I going to be against you, men will be against you. And he's implying you won't get the mercy from them that you'll get from God. And then he says this, there will be a sorrowful result. And your wives shall be widows and your children fatherless. Isn't that what the Bible teaches us? We reap what we sow. Now you say, preacher, all right, you got my attention. I'm going to leave the widows alone. 
But that's not really what I came to tell you. Because when I'm looking at this, here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the character of God. God's letting us know something about his heart here. Something about what he's like. And I want to know exactly what he's like. And I want to know what his heart is like. So I'm going to listen to what he has to say here. And here's what I think. I think, first of all, we learn something about his character towards sin. God hates sin. And he never lets it go unpunished. It must be paid for. It must be paid for sin for sin. There's a reaping. Some you sow to the wind and reap the whirlwind. And God tells us in this passage he won't look lightly on sin, especially this sin of dealing with the widows in a wrong way. So I look at him, I see the consequences of sin and God's character is a character of purity and holiness and righteousness. And sometimes we won't leave that out, but that is what God is. That's who he is. He is a holy God. I think it was Habakkuk said, thou art of purer eyes than to look upon iniquity and canst not stand sin. But there's also a picture here of the character of God toward the suffering. Those who suffer. I've often preached, I've preached many times on Anna in the New Testament who married a man and eight years they had together and then, she, and then he died. And she'd been a widow all those years. I think about widows that I know who talk about their husbands. They're broken hearted and Certain days will be harder than other days as they think about their husband and the life that they lived. And this woman, this widow woman, and I know we're not talking about a particular one, but a widow, a woman in that condition, she has suffered. She's gone through suffering. She's been afflicted now. She's had, if someone afflicts her, it's suffering on top of suffering. It's pouring out suffering upon a suffering person. It's adding to their affliction. And God takes particular attention to that. So, well, preacher, what does that have to do with me? Here's what it has to do with me. It tells me that when, I'm, when I am destitute, God cares about that. When the widow lady's destitute, God cares for her. And when you and I are destitute in our trouble and our sorrow and our suffering and we think no one cares, there is someone that cares. God cares. He wants us to know that he has a heart. The Bible said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. When you're destitute, God cares for you. And when others seem deaf, God hears your cries. I don't know who else is listening to the widow cry. I don't know who else is who's listening when she cries out in her affliction, but God is listening. And so I learned the character of God's heart is that when I'm afflicted and I cry unto the Lord and it seems like no one else hears and no one understands, there is a God in heaven who hears and understands, takes note of my suffering. And then this passage teaches me that when no one will defend you, God will marshal all the power of heaven and earth to come to your defense. The widow is defenseless. She can't fight off her enemies and God knows that. 
And so God said, I'm going to bring the sword against your enemies. Can I tell you something? In this world, we're often surrounded by enemies and attacked by enemies that are too large for us, too potent for us, too powerful for us. But our God in heaven has a character about him. When we are afflicted and overwhelmed and outnumbered and outgunned, God said, don't worry about it. I'll bring everything I have in heaven and earth to your defense. I will make sure that you have what you need. And then there is a lesson about the character of God toward the sinner. Because we have here in our passage someone who has no home, someone who has no husband, and someone who has no help. We have in our text someone who is destitute. And that's what I was. And that's what you were. We were destitute. We had no eternal home. We had no real husband. And we had no help. We could not help ourselves. We could not make ourselves righteous. We could not cover ourselves. We could not clothe ourselves over our wickedness and our ungodliness. We could not change our lives. I tried. I tried all I could to change my life, to do better, to clothe myself in some morality and some righteousness. And I still remained in the rags of my sin. I still remained destitute. I still remained hopeless. I still remained helpless. But there was a God in heaven who has a heart for the destitute and a heart for the helpless and a heart for the hopeless and he heard my cry he inclined his ear unto me and when he cried unto me when he inclined his ear unto me you know what I got I got a home that was eternal I got a husband that will be faithful I got a hope that will never fade away because that's the character of my God he shall not afflict a widow I'm glad God will hear the cry of the widow but I'm glad God will hear the cry of the helpless and the hopeless and the destitute. I'm glad that's the kind of God that we have. This morning, if you're in a situation, you say, well, preacher, I'm not a widow. No, but you're in that helpless situation and you're hopeless, helplessly lost in your sin. There is a God who will hear your cry if you'll cry unto him. If you're a child of God and you're overwhelmed, like David said, and I've been afflicted and you're overwhelmed and it seems that there's no hope for you, there is a God who loves to come to the aid of the helpless and the hopeless. Cry to him.